You are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach. And although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority Podcast. And today, audience, I have such a treat for you because I'm going to be inter- interviewing Bruce Shear. Oh, it's going to be one of those days today. And he is someone who has taken his book, used it as a marketing tool, and it has become a powerful weapon for him to build a business. So if you want a testimonial from someone who's been there, done that, and actually used his book, well, you are in it for a treat today. And I welcome you to listen in to today's episode of the Author to Authority podcast. Now, Bruce Shear works with industry giants and scale-ups to inspire their buyers and accelerate revenue growth. He's an award-winning consultant, author, keynote speaker, and president of the National Speakers Association Northwest. Welcome to the show, Bruce. Excellent, Kim. Yeah, thank you for having me. So excited to be on the Author to Authority podcast. I, I must say, Bruce, we were already having this amazing conversation before we even hit the record button, we actually had to stop the conversation to start this one. So I am excited. Bruce, first of all, let, let me just ask you the question that everyone's thinking about. Can you use a book to build your business? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, boy, that is a multidimensional answer I could provide. But the answer is absolutely yes. And and. Thank goodness I've had the experience so far to see this play out in real life and, and in my life. It's been wonderful. So, Bruce, let's talk about that journey a little bit. Closer to the end, we'll actually talk about your book and what it's about and things like that. But first of all, just talk a little bit about your author's journey. Why did you decide to write a book in the first place? Oh, boy. I Kim, you probably know this better than I do. I'm sure you do. But what are the stats? Aren't you know? What percent of people want to write a book? You know, there it's at least it's a 80 big number. Yeah, that, that have this fantasy. I want to write a book. So I was one of these people who had that fantasy about writing a book, carrying that fantasy with me for over 50 years, you know, wanting wanting to do that and wanting to, you know, to to put a, a my stamp on the world, make the world a better place by being an author. And uh, I love the title of your podcast, uh, you know, author to authority, you know, you know, truly the root of author, you know, you know, this is to be an authority in something. And so that's what I was really seeking. I wanted to write and be an authority. And, and I just kept that with me for so long. Finally, I got off the dime and started getting going on it. And I talked about it forever. But yeah, never, never got to it until finally it happened. So was there a turning point? Was there something that happened that really just made you say, okay, now's the time? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there were two dynamics that really played into that, or I should say three. I listened to one of your other episodes where you guys really laid this out. The pandemic kind of changed everything for everyone one way or another. And uh, so that that was a driving force in my life. You know, I I live on an island across from the Seattle airport. It's called Vashon Island. And so I'm stuck at home on an island in the (laughs) pandemic. uh, (laughs) My work actually kind of went weirdly enough, you know, my uh, my consulting, because I've been virtually consulting my, my whole career almost for like 30 years. I've been virtually doing my thing with global teams. And so no problem in terms of the co- uh, the consulting rhythm that I've already been accustomed to. That's why I live on an island or in an airstream where wherever life takes me, I, I can do my work anywhere. But the pandemic really had me reassessing, hey, which ends up what's going to be changing here in my life. So that was one driving factor. Another driving factor is just a good friend of mine. He's written, oh, probably five, six books. And he came out with a just a screaming bestseller out in Asia called World's Best Bank. And he uh, oh, just hit it out of the park. It's been such a such a great book. But, you know, he nailed that. And so, of course, through professional envy with one of my best friends, I I, I want to do that, too. That's so cool. And funny enough, the guy who helped him coin the title for the book has, has been mentoring both of us for, for our mm-hmm. whole careers. And he was like, also, you know, Bruce, you know, we need to get going here. And so, the, so you know, that friendship factor, the pandemic mm-hmm. factor. And then finally, I got, you know, this, what I call a low consideration email saying, hey, join this book writer's masterclass. It's only a thousand dollars and the deal gets pulled off the table tonight at midnight. Join now or forever hold your peace and you're going to regret it till the end of your days. You know, marketing at its best. (laughs) Oh yeah. One of those hardcore, you gotta have it. And if you don't, you know, your life is miserable types of emails. I'm like, just going, you know, a moment of weakness. It was late that night. I, oh, what the hell? Thousand bucks. I'm in. (laughs) So I, so I did it. And funny enough, I've heard, and I won't mention names, but I think there are about maybe 40 of us in that master class. I was the only person of that bunch to publish a book. <laughs> Everybody else got lost along the way, which happens too. I'm sure you witness that all the time, Kim. So anyways, those were the catalyzing factors there. You know, it's funny. The pandemic did do it. Coming into 2020, 2019 had been a very rough year in my business. Very rough. I hit December 31st. Not sure if I was going to be able to keep going or if I was just going to have to shut it down. And, you know, sometimes, you know, God just gives you that little spark. And I just kept hearing inside of me, it's okay, 2020 will be better. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going, going to keep going. Just a lot of personal stuff happened and, you know, health things were happening. Just, just a lot of stuff that just slowed down the business. And we hit 2020 and, you know, for me, it's, sort of a 90-day sales cycle. So if I start prospecting lead gen that it takes about 90 days for everything to start converting. So we hit March 2020, the pandemic happened and all of a sudden everyone had time. One of the biggest, you know, challenges that people have and the reason why they don't want to do their book is they don't have enough time. Pandemic hit, they had time. So my business went through the roof. 
because now all of these people had time to work on their books. So for me, it was an exciting time. And I know for many, they struggled so much during the pandemic. But I could actually relate to people because, you know, in, in 2019, I had just already gone through it and was coming out of it and people were going into it. But I loved what you said about, you know, how your friends just kind of egged you on to, yeah, yeah. to start this process. So let's... The other thing, Kim, I'd say, you know, just for anybody, I learned this tip from one of my best friends and business partners. You know, he calls it a, a hat over the fence moment. You ever heard of that? You know, where, no. you, you know, if you want to do a big change and he didn't, it's not his original quote. I forget who who the, the quote comes from, maybe even one of our presidents in the past. But he decided to become a digital nomad with his wife. And, and I did as well with my wife. And he uh, I did it first and he was kind of enjoying what we were doing. And then he he called me one day and said, yeah, Bruce, we have we had a real hat over the fence moment. I go, what do you mean by that? And he goes, yeah, we we put the house up for sale, you know, and, and that's and then we went out and put this huge down payment on this monstrous toy hauler, you know, travel trailer thing, fifth wheeler. And uh, yeah, big hat over the moment over the fence moment, you know, where, where you have to cross that fence, you have to cross over to go get the hat. And I would say, thank goodness that, that low consideration, hard sell email, you know, when Bruce Shear puts money into something, it's kind of hard to, (laughs) I'm so cheap and frugal that, you know, Hey man, that, that makes it really real. You know, now I'm invested. That's a hat over the fence. You know, you talked about the fact that you were the only one out of 40 people in your masterclass who completed your book. And and you are right. It happens all the time because what what we found in working with our clients. Now, we have two sets of clients. We have clients that come to us with their books usually already written. They're the smaller majority, but the major majority, we actually ghostwrite their books. And I'm doing a lot of interviews with my clients right now because I'm developing out a new product line of stuff and audience. I know I keep telling you this, but see, this is being recorded in the beginning of October. And hopefully I will have some stuff for you by the time that you're actually listening to this. But I don't have anything I can release to you yet. But what we found was was that they got lost in the in the process when they were trying to do it themselves. The process was so huge that they got lost. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that our clients have been saying in these interviews that I've been doing with them is the fact that I walk them through the process step by step so that they don't feel overwhelmed. And I I think that's something that's crucial in terms of completing a book. Yeah, I think so. And I got lost. I, I got lost in the desert. No, a couple of times actually. And thank thank goodness, got back on that horse and, and rode it again. And there were some different reasons why I got lost. Uh, we could talk about those if you're interested. Might assume some of the other budding authors out there have run into some of these conflicts in their journey. Sure, that'd be great. The, would it? Okay, Cam. Yeah, for me, yeah, I, it was kind of a. I, I got all committed again, my accountability buddies and, you know, and, and the core, the master class, et cetera. So, you know, I'm in, you know, and I, I and I was trying to learn about other best-selling authors, Donald Miller, 
other people in the nonfiction realm, you know, what they've done, Daniel Pink, et cetera, you know, what are their habits? How do they do this? And most everybody was writing first thing in the morning. You know, that's first thing you do. You, you grab your water and your coffee and you, you hit your, your, your computer. In this instance, I went out and treated myself, bought myself a new iPad air at the time <laughs> with the M1 chip, sweet, beautiful little keyboard. And I'm like, going, okay, I'm going to go play with my toy and write this book out. And I started each morning that way. And I've got this outbuilding. And I learned that from Donald Miller. You know, he's got an outbuilding, you know, where, where, and that's the writing zone. So I was going up to my outbuilding, a yurt, and this round hut thing that you see on ski slopes, and just was banging on my book every morning. And I was like writing a thousand, two thousand words and kind of being amazed by it as well that, hey, all this you know, guess experience and wisdom that was up here between the two ears was, was hitting the page. And, and that was dang exciting. So literally punched out a book, took it over to the masterclass people and kind of got beat up by a bunch of people. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so me, uh, sadly, I take others' opinions sometimes even more importantly than I take my own. And yeah, I just uh, really got feedback. I didn't think it was overly constructive, but just a little bit negative, just enough to knock me off balance. Mm -hmm. And a couple of those also by the, this lady that was leading the the masterclass kind of knocked me off balance as well. And I'm like, oh man, she's, you know, been to the mountaintop. Dang, I must be missing it somehow. and putting a lot of credence in that and too much, to be honest. And so that just kind of set me back a little bit. So I, then I set it aside and uh, tried to pick it up again, had some other people review and, and really enjoy it, but also didn't kind of finish it, didn't take it the final mile, set it aside mm -hmm. again. And then finally, thank goodness, a guy who's written a number of different books decided to form a special interest group as part of our National Speakers Association chapter for the budding speakers that wanted to write a book. And I'm like, oh, no, well, hell, I haven't finished this thing. I'll, I'll join in. And, and, and weirdly enough, his curriculum was built on the master class. That I had <laughs> and I'm just going, how small of a world do we live in? What in the hell? So, you know, so anyways, I kind of had been, you know, drunk all that Kool-Aid and he's teaching it again based on somebody else's work. And I'd been to that authority and, but anyways, it helped me get back on the horse one last time. And uh, then I got it over the, over the goal line. More innuendo and journey along that path. But anyways, finally got, got on it and took it to completion. So I'm going to stop you there, Bruce, because this is something that I've heard a lot is, you know, people have written their books and then they shared it out to all of their family and friends and got completely crushed by it. So here's the thing. First of all, um, you have to understand your first draft is never going to be the greatest. But that being said, you always need to be careful who you share that first draft with mm -hmm. because you don't want to be crushed. You don't want to have someone. And the other thing, too, is, is that so my recommendation is always have it read by someone, not necessarily an editor. But definitely someone within your target market, but also someone who is quite knowledgeable uh, and can give you proper feedback. Read a lot of books that come in for consideration. 
And the one thing I always do is I start off every presentation I do to them with all of the things that make their book absolutely wonderful and amazing and are going to change people's lives. (laughs) And then I go, now, here are some things that need to be updated and changed because your book is your book is good, but we want it excellent. So here's how we're going to take your book from good to excellent. And I think it's just, you know, it's that draft is almost like your baby. You're almost like, here's my baby. And everybody's like, it's ugly. And you're like, oh, my baby's ugly. Yeah, (laughs) that is so brilliant. Yeah, you lay that out so well. Cause that, that's exactly how I felt. And then when, when they were giving me negative feedback on my baby, I, I took it personally and it was a big, you know, kind of emotional and, and probably sadly an ego hit against me. So I kind of, you know, felt a little insecure. It's like, man, they're not, they're not getting it. What's wrong. You know, what's wrong with me? Maybe I'm not clear enough and, and maybe it's bad writing, you know, all these demons, you yeah. know, uh, you know, uh, casting shadows and doubt and fear, uncertainty around the book. And yeah, uh, you know, I'm glad I was able to pound through that. Again, some things happen in my life. Magical things appeared at the right time to make it possible. So, Bruce, I want to fast forward. At the end of this interview, we'll talk about your actual book and the question that I always ask. But I want to fast forward to after the book is published because you have used your book to scale up your business. So can you talk about some of the things that you've done with your book, some of the results that you have seen? And what do you think has been the biggest benefit to having this book in your business? Yeah. So, yeah, the exciting part about this, you know, in terms of having that book out, let me show the viewing audience a a beautiful little 3D picture of this bad boy started to have a bit of a life of its own, which, which is really neat. I've learned so much probably about marketing by, by literally putting this book out. But luckily, one of my accountability buddies, he did, when I was done with this, I was so excited about it, but I, I wanted to go write my next one. <laughs> and he's like, just going, no, 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 no. You cannot do that. No, I forbid it. it it's bad. Don't, don't do that, Bruce. I know you want to, which I did. I was like, oh man, this one's so good. I can't write, wait to write my next one. And he said, no, you got to focus now on marketing. And Kim, have you ever heard the phrase, you need to spend 50% on your marketing and then 50% on marketing your marketing? You ever heard that one? (laughs) No, but I love it. (laughs) You know, I wish I could attribute that to the person who gave me that little wisdom nugget. I've been struggling. I tried looking for that quote on Google, but I I didn't invent it. And probably the inventor is going to hear this and go, Bruce, that's mine. Love that framing because I'd heard that a while back. So when my accountability buddy was saying that, I'm like, you're right, you're right. You know, I gotta, I gotta market this thing now, which is a whole new frontier. You know, I kind of wish I would have known that, you know, maybe a little bit of it going into the process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But maybe I'm glad I didn't because then I probably might have backed off just thinking, man, this is a colossal. Mountain to climb, you know. I'm I'm not even at the summit. I got the book out. I'm only halfway. You know, I still, you know, now I need to. And and it's funny. A buddy of mine talks about how he climbed Mount Rainier. He got to a certain point, and then he had to take things out of his pack and and reconfigure and do things differently to summit. 
the mountain. I feel like that's kind of where I'm at right now. The book's already knocked out. And, you know, that that that's that's done. It, it's there. It, it's a product. Now, how do I go to market with that product? So I had to build a narrative around the product and and then start banging the drum around the product and, and, and learn how to, you know, um, leverage the system and my network to promote this product. And uh, so far, so good really been enjoying the journey so far and it's i haven't summited yet i still have a quite a bit to go in this journey i'm sure so bruce share with us a couple of stories of of people because you were sharing with me just before we got on about one gentleman that you had sent the book to and it practically sold like you didn't have to really do anything tell that story again because that i think that's really part of the power of having really good book for your business. Yeah, I'd say, you know, in my world, I'm, you know, consultant and speaker, professional speaker and and trainer, uh, or I should say educator. Trainers train uh, animals in a zoo. If a buddy of mine was telling me I, I educate people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, you know, I get referred a lot for, for different engagements, you know, and I, I get brought into some really critical moments, you know, typically pivot points or turning points for organizations. You know, there's been an acquisition, a merger, a new huge big bet that they're making on a new product or new solution, new yeah. new partnership. And and that brief, you know, stimulates the need for a, a story, a narrative, you know, that 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 the sellers and marketers can use to go to market. And hence that that's what what this book is all about. So I get referred a lot. But one of the fun stories Kim, you and I were talking about was I got referred to CEO recently. And because I had the book, we have our, a short discovery call, what he's trying to accomplish and, and why why he might need somebody like me and my team support. And uh, I'm saying, hey, here's a deal. I'm going to, I'll get a copy of my book out to you. I'd love for you to read this before we meet again. So we set our next meeting date a Tuesday. I had met him on Thursday. And then right after we met, I FedExed him a copy of the book. So it would land on, on his doorstep at home on that Saturday. So he, uh, luckily, one of my advisors said, Bruce, write a book that can be read in the course of a flight. Because your target audience is yes. busy. Your target audience is busy, busy executives, and they're not going to read a seventy thousand word book. It just they don't have the time nor nor tolerance, and you know to to do something like that. So this is a shorter book. It's a little over twelve thousand words, and so I shot it off to him. He read it over the weekend. Shot me an email note back saying, "Hey Bruce, you know read your book. Yeah, that was the title of his email. Read your book, and then in, in, in his the body of the text, of course, he's a CEO that doesn't." elongate things says did my homework look forward to our meeting next week <laughs> and then his name <laughs> you're like nothing so i get on the phone with him you know on the following tuesday and he was already sold he it's pretty funny a person that had introduced me to him you know, called me, he was actually at that meeting and called me back and goes, man, he's too easy. He should have pushed on you. And I'm like, and he, <laughs> you know, but he had read the book, knew what we were doing, why we were doing it, how we were going to do it and what the end result was going to be. And, you know, firm in his mind, I want that. I need that for as part of my trajectory of my business, the, the next level I want to take my business to. This is what I need. 
And so, yeah, we just, you know, verbally agreed to our contract just right there in that meeting, short meeting, you know, sign the next day, boom, off to the races. So, yeah, the beautiful thing though, I was telling my wife that he knows me, you know, my, my soul is in this book, my stories and everything else. So I, I think it bred a degree of trust in the process and me as his, his guide and, and getting things done together. And yeah, I think just full circle made it so easy for him to buy and so easy for us to partner together. Now, now that we're engaged in doing this type of work for his business, building a go-to-market story that sizzles, we uh, constantly refer back to the book he does. We're on the same wavelength in what we're trying to accomplish together. So it, it's just been wonderful on a number of different fronts. And then people who can't afford my rates, who don't want to raid their kids' college funds and you know go into even more debt, I can give them this book. Very often I'll give it to them complimentary or they'll they'll grace me and, and buy a copy. But also I'm able to serve people through this book, even yeah. without me being there. And that was one of the big reasons I wanted to write it because uh get a lot of entrepreneurs, early stage companies that want want my help. And then my price tag is just way out of the zone. And they don't necessarily yeah. appreciate what I'm offering and the work I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. This book really is that beautiful stop gap where I know if they read it and apply it, they can get the results better than where they are. Or sometimes they'll just swing back and want to hire me as a result of that. Now, now I get it. Now I want your help. <laughs> yeah. That is, we're going to stop for a second here because we're going to do a very quick ad break audience Listen to the ad. I know the temptation is not to listen to the ad, but I have been creating some amazing free resources for you. So we're going to take a quick ad break and you will hear one of the new amazing resources that's free that's going to help you to take your business forward. One of the keys to becoming an author is hiring the right publisher. It's the difference between having a book that converts readers into clients and one that sits unused on a shelf. Check out seven questions to ask before hiring a publisher. Get it free at authortoauthority.com slash publisher. Welcome back. Well, Bruce, you know what? I loved, I loved, loved, loved that story. And one of the things that you said that I wanted to focus in on because, um, one of the things that I'm now starting to teach is I call it create and scale. So not only do you have to create your book, but you have to use it to scale your business. And the C in create stands for create authentic relationship. And that's what you did. You said, I bore my soul in that book. And because you did, it created a relationship with the reader to the point that you didn't have to prove the no like and trust factor. The book did that for you because it created that relationship. So Bruce, we're actually going to shift gears because we got about five minutes left. So actually talk about your book specifically, what it is about, and then I'm going to ask you the question I ask every author that comes on the show. Yeah. The reason I wrote the book and what that does for people call it, you know, inspire your buyers. So that's the overall theme, you know, the, for the viewing audience, you can see that my, in my logo, inspireyourbuyers.com with Bruce Shear. you know, uh, to inspire someone is to get them to change. That, that's the root definition. And that's what I'm trying to do with, uh, you know, a lot of what I have to offer my clients and what that book wants to help people do is inspire their buyers 
and get them over their status quo bias get get them over their fear uncertainty yes. doubt, uh, and doubt get them over the chasm so for the viewing audience i'm showing the cover and there's a there's a chasm and there's a buyer that's trying to cross over uh, allowing them to cross over that chasm of un fear uncertainty and doubt and actually change with your solution you need to inspire them how do you do that you go to market with a story that sizzles so that's the title of the book inspire your buyers go to market with a story that sizzles and it really gives some wisdom tips and, and a simple and clear framework for how to structure your narrative that's going to inspire your buyers get those buyers willing to change and uh in, in the world that i play in can it's a b2b purchasing decisions yes. sometimes it gets into the millions and so they're really big bet decisions that, that requires, you know, very often six to 10 people on a buying committee to check off. Yeah. So it's a big bet. And you need to have a really good narrative that everybody can buy into and realize, hey, why are we making this investment in time, energy and risk? You know, some yeah. people might lose their jobs if, if that solution goes bad. True. You know, what's, that, what's that narrative that's really going to help everybody get on that buying bus and make the decision and go forward and get that value that that narrative promises? But we need to create that narrative. And that's what this book is all designed to do. And I rarely see this done well in the world. You know, as one of my uh, friends and colleagues likes to say, you know, decept deceptively simple, mastered by few. Rarely see it yeah. done in a great way. And that, that's what this book sets people up for, how to structure that narrative in a way that's going to sizzle. You know, what you said there is so true. Creating that story the story itself is actually so simple in its concept, but creating a story that's so simple, that sizzles, that's memorable, that, you know, just reaches in and, and, and grabs your emotions. See, people think that, oh, I've got to, I've got to explain things with logic. Well, people, yes, there has to be some logic, but people make decisions based on emotions. So when you do that story correctly and you create the right emotions in a person you're halfway there to doing what you need to do so we've got four minutes left bruce i'm gonna hey, ask let, me, let, me, let me just interject just for a second just to round out <laughs> i'm working on a piece right now around this a, a pretty rich article but i've got some data around this so people do decide based on emotion you're, you're nailing that but in these high consideration b2b buying decisions mm -hmm. You also need to justify with logic. And, mm, and that's why yes. I love the B2B space that I play in or business to government, this big deal type of space where, you know, definitely emotion wins the deal, but you yeah. need to justify with logic and, and what I call a business case. And, and yeah. if that's not there very often, you know, those 6.8 people on the buying committee are not going to go along with it. Really <laughs> that yes. logic. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. I do. I do agree. So Bruce, you've got a couple of minutes. So the question I always ask every author, and you've answered a bit of this, but what was the good, the bad, and the ugly about publishing that book? I'll start with the good. The good is got me to get my story straight. You know, I had to figure out what, you know, what's yeah. my narrative around this. And, and it got me deeply in touch with this topic and, and more discreet and concrete around how to explain this to others. 
So like you, like you say, that writing process is iterative, you get feedback, you know, that, that was a beautiful process to help me get to where I'm at right now, my thinking and in a position where I can have a book that educates people on how to do this. So that was the good, just getting sharp in my thinking and how I, and my impact with others. It really was helpful in that regard. That's why I'm, I'm so excited about my next book, you know, that I'm focused on. So that's the good. The bad, uh, probably just the, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt of the journey. You know, hey, is this worth it? Is it, you know, I'm making the right investment in time, energy, money to, to really make this worthwhile pursuit. And for a long time, there was a big question mark around that. I, I was really doing this based on faith and probably faith alone and, and not having a firm picture of the of the outcome I was going to achieve. So I'd probably say that was the bad. The ugly <laughs> was multiple parties jumping on at different points in time, requiring more money from Bruce to get this sucker mm-hmm. done and out the door. And uh, and it ain't done yet. I'm still paying different parties, different money to, to do different things to make this all work. But the ugly part of it was a lot of it was unexpected. I didn't have a, like you talk about, Kim, you put together a roadmap with your clients. That's beautiful. So they they know in general what, what that roadmap looks like and what the investments are going to be, why they are what they are. I hope you paint a, a very compelling picture of the outcome that they're going to get. So they're willing to, you know, you're inspiring, inspiring them to do that work. But that wasn't really clear. So it was kind of a muddled path and different people interjected at different times. You know, thank God I, I got a great product out of the deal. But I'd say that was the ugly part. A lot, a lot of surprises that maybe could have been head off at the pass. Wow, Bruce, we could keep going on, but unfortunately we are out of time. So Bruce, <laughs> excuse me, I would love for you to share how people can connect with you if they've really enjoyed today's conversation and they're like, I need to connect with Bruce. How can they do that? Yeah, there's a few different ways. I would say if you go to inspireyourbuyers.com, that gives more of the story and, and some of the things that I do and how, how I help my, my clients. If you see from a professional front, if that's useful to you, I would definitely come over there. The other thing is on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm in LinkedIn every day doing something, either posting something, reacting to others and love connecting with people there. So, so please look me up. I'm just B Sheer, S-C-H-E-E-R. So if you go to LinkedIn, just look for B Sheer. I think I'm the only one that pops up right there. So that, that's a great way to connect as well. And obviously you can, they can get your book, Inspire Your Buyers. Is it available on Amazon? Yeah, it's, it's all over the place, but Amazon's probably the best place. Or you can go to my website, inspireyourbuyers.com forward slash books. There's another bestseller that I was part of. It was a collaboration. And the title of that book is The Most Amazing Marketing Book Ever. And uh, trying not to be bashful, you know. And that one's been a, a very wi- a wild success as well. So if you're also focused on your marketing activities, you'll you'll find you know the why behind that book and what it is. Thirty five collaborating officers, all of us experts in our in our lane. My my chapter in there is meaningful marketing measurement. A lot of people get that wrong, and I was trying to put some some insight into how to measure your marketing. So that that's a fun one too. And you can see my books again at 
inspireyourbuyers.com forward slash books. Thank you so much, Bruce. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, just if you're on YouTube, take a look up here. You'll see the thumbnail for episode 380, Book Publishing Basics, that was done with myself and my previous co-host, Juanita Wooden Radko. We go over the basics of book publishing, book writing, what you're going to need to get yourself started. If you're on your podcast app, you have to scan back a bit because we're now well into the 400s, but scan back to episode 380. Thank you so much, audience, for joining us today. And we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Tim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.